Hi, I'm Cheryl and Fenn. Hello, this is Christabel. Hello, this is Michael Horse. I'm Amy Shields. I'm Mark Frost. Hi, I'm Kimmy Robertson. Hey, Ben, this is David Duchovny. We have a beautiful, beautiful book. Twin Peaks Unwrap the Book. You can get it at bluerosemag.com. Supplies are limited. Uh, get this bad boy while it's hot. Want to say we're under the 300 mark for these books. Yes. And then yes. once they're gone, they are gone. Our thinking would be that the book would be gone by the end of the year. I mean, I don't even know if it's going to last that long. But the idea was that, hey, this is the 30th anniversary. Like, wouldn't it be cool just to have a book that could be available to really diehard Twin Peaks fans? Thank you for your interest and for your enthusiasm and, and keeping Twin Peaks alive. Hey, Twin Peaks Unwrapped community. Um, before today's episode, we just wanted to come on and say um, a big thank you for our 10,000 plays as of October 12th. Yeah, that is something, isn't it? I mean, that, I mean, that's so amazing. We've done less than uh, 20 episodes. Yes. And uh, yeah, that's a great milestone. So thank you so much for, for listening and supporting us. And we really do appreciate it. Yeah, we do. And and the retweeting and the tweets um, are awesome. So we do appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. And, using, and going to Facebook and yeah. iTunes and uh, on, our, on our, our website and emails and yeah. all that. <laughs> and our next goal... Our next milestone, we hope one day we'll be in that top 50 in iTunes. But this is still awesome. 10,000 hits under 20 episodes. So a big thank you to you guys. Thanks a lot. I got idea, man. And welcome to this week's edition of Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Brian Kazaska, and beside me is Ben Durant. And today is episode... What episode is it? It's 12! Oh my god, we're not at 14 just yet. We're almost there. A couple weeks away to the big reveal that I still do not know who the killer is. But this episode, I will just let you know that this episode kind of tells me who the killer is who i might think the killer is and um we at the very end of this episode i will tell everybody who i think the killer is but ben will not hear it i might take my headsets off i i, I probably won't leave the room but maybe i'll turn away yeah from i'm gonna whisper it like really low <laughs> or you're gonna so, say hey, hey, judy yeah judy yeah <laughs> judy with the you hammer know what judy in the is. kitchen Brian has no idea what I'm talking. It's a future reference that you don't know about, oh. but but it, I was it's a whisper. Clue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the butler with a hammer in the kitchen. <laughs> That's right. If you say it, you have to say how did they? How did it happen? No, all right. So yeah, we're on. Uh, we are on episode twelve. This is written by Barry Pullman, directed by uh, Grammy Clifford. Aired October 27th, 1990, and the rating is a 7.2, and it placed 75th... 7.2? <laughs> yeah, 75th of, of, the, of, the, uh, of the week for oh shows. Oh, my God. So I, I is this like, like the lowest of the low? I don't, I don't Does know. Does it get lower than that? It might. Because I don't know. nowadays, I feel like if you see a show that low, it's yeah. already canceled. Right. Or it gets canceled. Yeah. They're very lucky to go 
I feel like they're very lucky to actually have a complete season two. Right. It's yeah, totally. And I think yeah. you know, I think Joel was saying that when, by the time we find out who killed Laura Palmer, almost nobody's watching. I mean, I, I'm watching, and I know we have our diehand fans. But it, do you think the uh, Twin Peaks? Well, you you know, you live through it. At, okay, so all summer long, everybody's talking about Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks, and then th- at this point, was any what was the chatter stopped? But ever, was nobody really talking about it anymore? I mean, yeah, I think that... Yeah, I'm trying... It's hard to say. I mean, without the internet, I'm trying to remember... I definitely feel like it was dying down. I mean, there was definitely some people I would talk to about it, and, and we would have we have discussions about it. But I definitely felt like, yeah, there was a lot of people who were kind of done with it. I mean, it really yeah. happened in the first episode of the first of the second season with it, we having this this uh, waiter or, or the uh, the person who who's getting helping the Cooper. Yeah. yeah, he's like, I've heard about you, and it's like it, for for them it feels like ten minutes long minutes, and we're not getting the answers yeah. to who killed Laura Palmer. And so yeah, I don't know. It's it's crazy. I do kind of think that like, the, it, ABC has some blame. They put it on Saturdays. I mean, it was on Thursdays, where which is a great night. It was a great night. The next night, next day, you could talk about it at work, mm. and and there was a lot of discussions. And then to move it to Saturdays, which is a, never a good, I think, day for. A so they didn't have TV faith show. in it at all. To have it on a Saturday, there's no faith there. I don't think. I don't think. I mean, yeah, there's always this thinking. Some sometimes people would say, well, the thinking is, you don't have to have great numbers on Saturday. You could have, Mm. you know, you could be, you could be. Yeah, I don't know if you can be this bad, but you can be in a place where you know you don't have to be number one of the week. Maybe they realize that. Maybe they're like, well, you know, we put on Saturday, it can do what it does, and we're fine with it. Yeah, it's not taking away their main because thursday night is like the main night and maybe they felt it wasn't up to cheers's standards yes you know <laughs> <laughs> frazier you know it wasn't up to frazier's standards well, it was cheers they it were cheers. up against cheers yeah. yeah yeah so uh we should begin here we are i think do you have your notes i do i I, um, think... I this is another one i'm highly disappointed in myself i do not have log lady in this episode, because I watched it on Netflix, I really think we need to. I need to, We need to find a way where we can do all the long ladies. And and part, of, you know, I I watch them every once in a while, and I think it'd be great if you and I could talk about it after the whole Laura Palmer mystery is discovered. Because sometimes mm. she does talk about things, and I don't feel like I could talk to you about them yet. Because well, yeah, I totally agree. Because the next episode, I got I get back into my log lady. I'm not gonna jump ahead of myself, but I'm gonna just briefly. In the next episode, oh man, we got things are being touched. I don't know what's going on. With I did hear board. a beep sound. Okay, we're still recording. If uh, I did notice that next episode, I got back into the log lady, and yeah, she does talk about things that are mysterious about that episode, and mm. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. So I was highly disappointed. I did not get a chance to view the log lady of episode 12 so we have to find a way someday we you know before we end this series or something that we're doing this podcast finding a way to talk about it again just but, do the log lady stuff i don't know if we do a whole show on the log lady or if you know when we're done with this series you know when we do other other when we have other discussions about twin peaks yeah, if we bring yeah. it up then or we'll, we'll, we'll have to talk about yeah, it maybe yeah. you guys can always write in and, and tell us what you think would be a great way to bring up the log lady yeah that'd be cool intros yeah and I mean, she already squashed our whole theory about the 
her husband. That's still her theory, but I still I, I don't know. I keep going back and I look at things. So the theory is that the the that the husband the dead husband is in the log, the spirit of the log and stuff. And yeah, and, I like uh, that theory. Yeah, I like it. Catherine Coulson really the, who played the log lady felt that it's just a log. It was just a personal item that um, she got as a gift from her husband, and she clings on to it because it was part of her husband in some ways. Yeah, I like that in some ways, but I just the way that Twin Peaks is so mysterious and odd and. And, and I don't know if it's in scripts or if she actually does say it, but she does call it it, and she always does talk to it, and she says mm. the log has something to say. I mean, I don't know. Is the log, like, the log the log lady, the log, to her, is someone to talk to, and I feel almost like Cooper's Diane. And we feel yeah. like Cooper's not crazy because he's saying Diane right. to her tape recorder. Yes. But we feel the log lady's crazy <laughs> because she's talking a log. But honestly, so if it's she had the a tape recorder, if she had a tape recorder, she'd be all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and but no, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like we're really just we're really like uh, they're kind of they're doing the same thing, right? And and, and, and in a way, they both could be a comfort. Yeah. I mean, to maybe yeah. for Cooper, it's a comfort to be able to express himself when there's nobody else around to talk to about you know the Kennedys, what really happened yeah, to the Kennedys yeah. and Marilyn Monroe and stuff, yeah. and he can express that because he can feel comfortable because he's got a tape recorder and. Yeah. For anybody who watched season two of True Detective, um, Colin Farrell talks to his tape recorder to talk to his son. Yes. But he, he couldn't talk to his son in real life for some Isn't that reason. something? But he talks to the tape recorder because right. he feels comfortable and he can express himself. Yeah. That's sort of like that. It's true. Yeah. It's cool. Because you're not talking to someone. You're talking to nothing. But at the same time, you can be more open. Yeah. You don't have to worry about being judged. And right. then I think if he were to say those things to his child... The child might not say anything back. And then Cooper's talking to Diane, but Diane doesn't exist, maybe. And the log lady's talking to the log, but they're not. The tape recorder and log are not going right. to judge them. Right. So they can be open. It's true. Right? Maybe they should just buy a cat or something. <laughs> like that. like a normal person. So, so this episode, we, this episode uh, 12, starts with yep. uh, Cooper in his room, and he actually does talk to Diane. Do we want, why we, since we brought up oh, Diane, yeah, why don't yeah, we, yeah. we have some here? And 6.42 a.m. Roughly. I dreamt I was eating a large, tasteless gumdrop. I awoke to realize I was aggressively munching on one of my air pillow silicone earplugs. Hence the tastelessness. Perhaps I should keep a closer eye on my after-dinner coffee consumption. Persistent soreness in the rib area, which I am treating each morning with 15 extra minutes of yogic discipline. After which, thankfully, the pain retreats to a cul-de-sac in a distant suburb of my conscious mind. I'm going to begin today with a headstand. So, yeah, you know what? That, I mean, kind of reinstates almost what we're thinking. It is like a diary. Yeah, It's it a is. diary entry, you know, because some of the things he's saying, why would she care right. that you're upside down? <laughs> I don't care you're upside down. Right. You know, like. In the script, so the unseen Twin Peaks, 
he talks about that he doesn't want to use his gravity boots, which he did use in the in the, the first episode, not the pilot, but the first episode. You remember he's hanging, yes, upside, he's down. hanging upside down. So like, why doesn't he do that? Why doesn't he use his boots? And he says he was he was concerned about uh, further rib separation if he used his boots up like that. But he felt safer by using a <laughs> doing Hello. a headstand. Or and I like that they go back to the classic uh, Cooper's hair is slicked back yeah. and it's sticking out. I don't know why I always I thought that. Like, it reminded me of Woody Woodpecker, or it was just kind of like yeah, right. He did, it's like a kind very of a cartoonish. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Um, It's very comical. And so he finds the note from uh, from, uh, Audrey. Yes, Cooper finds Audrey's letter under the bed, finally. And I was like, it feels like a lifetime. (laughs) Yeah, it does seem a long time. I mean... Because I'm trying to remember where she left it. She probably left it in a. She probably left it in episode six, and this is episode. So it's been like six episodes since she probably left it. So has it technically been like five days, maybe. Yeah, it's been less yeah. than a week. It's been less <laughs> than a, a week. week. But and I think she's been missing for a few days. At least that 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 they were aware that she's been gone. And... Yeah, last last we heard, where she was missing for a couple of days now. Well, originally they weren't concerned because oh she disappears, but now they're like. Right. Eh. And her dad was always like ah she disappears all the time. Yeah. I mean she's got she's a you know that, she's a kid that's what they do i guess yeah i'm not a good dad i'm not a good dad at all I, so, I don't know. so hawk uh sees uh truman and gives him an update and still there yeah i th- we kind of learned this already in the last episode that there was uh uh when leland's grandparent or Le- yeah Le- leland's grandparent summer home whatever there was no bob and and there's still no reference to a bob yeah, or a robertson yeah 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 which is interesting so yeah the whole um the whole Bob thing is going like, yeah. So, is it a ghost? Is it a premonition? Is it a poltergeist? Is it, is it something only they're seeing? Yeah. Kind of like, um, why would Leland say that if it wasn't true? I still love your thing about how it it it, it, it comes. It seems like only the Palmer family sees Bob so far, yeah. well, except for Cooper. I guess that's not true. But other than that, it was Sarah, Leland, and Maddie. I think. And, yeah. And I, I think we believe, we would let be led to believe Laura as well. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. So I mean, maybe in like like we said before, um, why would he recognize a guy with scraggly hair that looked old when he was a kid? They would not look like that. Right. They would look younger so the fact that this guy might have never aged and their right. eyes makes me feel and like i it. just threw it out there <laughs> it could be his, his son or something yeah like that. <laughs> it's a whole family of crazies also <laughs> with with uh with long hair yeah. that uh with a uh, yeah his white son, hair they all look it's like a simpsons family <laughs> they all look the same right like, oh man um so i don't know if i want to jump ahead i don't i know not much is going on I like the cameo in this episode. Um, Mr. Pinkle is Squiggy from Laverne and Shirley. Ah, yes. Which he's selling a chair to... uh, Bobby and Shelley. Bobby and Shelley for Leo. Because they're going to take Leo in so they can roll in the money while taking care of Shelley's ex-husband who's in a coma, which is the creepiest idea. Yes, it's And for free money. And for free money doesn't seem very... Seems I wouldn't do that. I don't know. Who if it's would worth do it. that? I don't well, think it's worth it. No. Why? Like, why don't you guys just move out and leave him in the hospital or a home or have a? Ter- well, ter- I think this is Bobby's uh, Bobby's thought. So I mean, I mean, Bobby, this is Bobby's plan, and I don't know if he always has the best plans. No, he does not. And I love the squeaky, and it's very comical trying to sell the chair, and it's like, oh, it starts going up and down. It's right. like malfunctioning. Oh and- man, I. <laughs> 
it is offensive. He does have it. He does have this scene where he's like, "You gotta hit it like a woman." Or so I was like, "Oh, oh I know." And I, I but mean, he's Shelley just be sleazy. She, yeah, and Shelly doesn't react too much. But this Shelly was beat by her husband too. So with it's like, soap in a sock. It's, yeah, and it's like, but maybe oh, she, this... if he had said you have to hit it like a woman with a soap in a sock, she would have flinched. <laughs> oh, but because man. he didn't, it's horrible, she, horrible. I know. But yeah, you're right. I mean. And I'm, I'm sure that the writers knew that was horrible, and that he is kind of a slimy guy. Yeah, he that. acts like a slimy guy. So I feel like him saying it, that's to make him slimy. You know, yeah. he's a slimy dude trying to sell this really. I do, I do wonder, and it does come off as though, like, he, he says at one point that, they, oh, they got to take their profit from the, the money, and then whatever was left was this machine. And it, it kind of comes off like he's conning them. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, because, anyway. well. Later we'll find out. They yeah. ain't gonna make that much money. Right. They will not make. You've that totally much money. spoiled it. I know everybody I know. who's listening has, has, has basically stopped listening <laughs> to this because like you've spoiled it. You spoiled yeah. the Leo subplot for us, <laughs> Squiggy. And it's funny because this episode I rewatched, but when I was watching it, I was falling asleep while typing these notes. I was really late, and I'm like. I wrote like Mr. Pinky is squiggy from over, and I'm like, what did I write? Mr. But now Pinkle, I, yeah. yeah, now I figured it out. Um, so other than this, my next notes. Oh, this is it. Donna sees Mr. Smith, and offers her life. Oh, offers her life to read Laura's diary. Donna sees. Oh. Yes. Donna sees he. She goes back and he. She sees um. What's his name? Um, yes, Harold Smith. Harold Smith right. and offers, um, her life. If you give me your life, no. Yeah, what, what is, was that about? What, no, she's right. He likes stories. He's all about stories. So she says, "I'll tell you about my life." Her life story. Yes, yeah. I like. It's kind of fun to fill in the blank. <laughs> it's like, this what's missing from this sentence? I know because I was really no, tired. You're awesome. You're yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. So yeah, her life story to read Laura's diary and then um. He freaks out, and he's trying to leave the house, and like he sees the sun. We're not quite there yet. Let's get. Oh yeah, we're not there yet. But I mean, I mean, I want to get back to it, but I also want to like. Okay. Go yeah, we're going in order. order. I know. I, I'm skipping. No, no, no it's cool. Stuff. I mean, I think that's really an interesting stuff, and I want to go back to it. So I think okay. the next scene that we would be at is is they're at the roadhouse, but that's where the court is. I mean, they. Oh kind of took... yes, and that's what made me. The court looks so weird. It does weird because they're on the stage where <laughs> Julie uh, Cruz would be singing and stuff. Yes. So it's, it's, they're on the, the roadhouse. So it's kind of funny. So there is some like um, unseen Twin Peaks from the script. Okay. Where um, I think it's interesting. Judge Stur, Stur, um, Sternwood mm-hmm. talks about Twin Peaks and how, oh, he went for a walk and he, he was near the waterfall and he saw a buck. And, and I think it's kind of interesting that you get, you get a little more sense of who he is. And then Ben uh, Ben Horn enters, and uh, Sterling mentions how good the food is, mm-hmm. and he talk at great the Great Northern, and he spent many years living and eating there. And then Ben uh, says that uh, Sternwood actually helped build the Great uh, Northern with his father, Ben's father, and stuff like that. Oh, Was that, so they so have the history. It gives a little history to it. I mean, it's not important to this episode, but it's still kind of interesting. You remember how we were listening? We were watching the. Uh, we were talking on the last episode how. Yeah. How um, Lucy was hugging him, and there's definitely a very close relationship. It seems like he's, he, you know, he doesn't permanently live here, but he seems like he's had a, a, a long history with the community. And, yeah. And I you, thought that was fascinating. Do you think they cut that out? Because that would make the viewers think, well, why would they pick a judge that's so close to his family? He's not, he's not Maybe. like, he's not yeah. like. He's well, not, I mean, the funny thing is that everybody's close to each other in I some know. ways. But so what's the word I'm looking for? He's not, um, 
What's the word I'm looking for? People. Are I know what you're saying. I can't think of it. Partial. Now. Yeah, He's, partial. Yeah. But well, Ben's mean, not on trial right now, so I understand. But yeah. to have the judge, yeah. And if his dad and his dad, right. Helped. Well, look at the Leland. Leland yeah. is actually on trial right now. He is being yeah. accused of killing Jacques uh, Renault. Jacques Renault. Yeah. And he's kind of, and the judge is kind of. You can see that he has a relationship with Leland, and that he's kind of soft on. So I mean, I think that goes out the window. The the the, the, law, the rules don't exactly apply to this community. They want to be. You know, they really do care about it. It takes a village to, to, to raise a, to, a criminal. A criminal. <laughs> it takes a village to raise a criminal. And there's one more part I want to talk about in this unseen Twin Peaks that, um, that, um, so when Ben mentions that, that Sternwood Stern actually helped make build the Great Northern, yeah. uh, Cooper mentions the craftsmanship of the wood door near his room and how there was no nails that he saw and Stern, Sternwood, Sternwood remembers that door and says, beautiful piece of work. And I, 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 again, I think it's kind of interesting. And, and you always mm-hmm. see it, it's, I love this cool Cooper and Sternwood relationship because it almost, I think I've said this in the last episode, I almost feel like Sternwood is like an older Cooper or maybe he's a mentor to Cooper. Yeah. It's like, yeah. There's something, they're, they're, they're very similar where they observe the nature around them. They, he's observing, Sternwood in the script is observ- observing the, the buck and he's observing the waterfall and he just enjoys it all. And I feel like that's Cooper in some ways. Cooper yep. is really. No. Did they know each other? No, I no, mean they, that's what I mean. So okay, they, yeah. they only just met, but they they seem perfect. I mean, they they're like a they very very similar people. Yeah. They 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 observe how Harry has woman trouble and things yeah. like that. I don't know. It's, they're it's, very observant. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, that's all. And so now in this scene, we've got a. Uh, I think uh, Leland is basically going to be set free. I mean, for now until trial. Yeah, which is interesting that they would keep. Well, they. I think it's because they are. They he's know got a good reputation. Yeah, yeah, he's got a reputation. He's not going to run. Right. And yeah, he, right. And I love the gigantic poles that are in the middle of the room. <laughs> and there's people sitting behind the poles. You see the bar? Do you see the bar? Ben yeah. is at the bar. So we're in the ro- we're in the roadhouse just hanging out here. I guess when you're a small day- town, yeah, at daytime it's a, it's a, it's a courthouse. At night it's <laughs> it's a it's, it's a, night court. It's a night court. It's right? a night court. Oh. And, and, you know, for a town that has a population of fifty one thousand. <laughs> I, I I never let that down. I cannot stand that. There's no way there's fifty one thousand people yeah, that live there. I looked at it, but fifty one. It should be a thousand, right? Because that's true. That you would, you probably have like several thousands of people probably hanging out here right yeah, now yeah. at the court. But you know, and it's like not even maybe twenty tops. Yeah, twenty at tops. Yeah, yeah. And I just love how everybody's behind the pole. Like nobody, <laughs> like you can't see anything. There's a pole in front of you. Right. We'll put the chairs right there. Um. But yeah, it's pretty interesting, and I, yeah, I like the set. I like how they did this. Do you think it's something they did on purpose, or is it just because, well, we're gonna play well, it off like it's a small town, so we're gonna do? Something I think it's like both. This. I mean, I think it's convenient. I mean, you you have your sets they've already built, yeah, and they don't want to build a whole nother set, so yeah. why not have it there? But I also do like that it feels like a small town yep. that like we because he, he you don't have. Uh, court cases every day. That's it's, true. It's, I don't know if it's like once a month. I mean, he comes in whenever they need to, and I mean, they've got the Leo trial thing they're talking yeah. about, and they've got. But for a town that has a lot of bad things happening in it, you think they would have right. to have a courthouse because, I mean, um, Hank. Right. I mean, we got. We've he, got Hank. He, he went Leo, to jail. Right. And Leo and. Um, I mean, everybody else is doing devious things. Right. Yeah. I don't know, but maybe it's maybe we we maybe we only witness the worst of people, yeah. and like the rest of the town is <laughs> they don't do anything bad. Just, so now we yeah. are at that scene where we were talking about Donna visiting Harold Smith. Yes. And she she says, 
I think she really she saw the, the diary, and so I think she wants to get more information about it. And she's, she's using yeah. any means necessary. She she will sell her life story to him. Right. And she still comes here as the meals and wheels, so she's still sending, him, bringing him food. Yeah. But yeah, he's creepy. He is creepy. You mentioned it, I think, too. He's kind of like Norman Bates. Bates. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, I really feel like his mom's dead and maybe planted in a plant somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> he talks like he pretends he's his mother. Yeah, too. yeah. Norm, mother, mother, mother. <laughs> <laughs> mother. What should I have for dinner? Um, but yeah, I kind of feel that. And yeah, it's interesting that he will only read it. No one's allowed to see it. Right. And I feel that's because there might be some evidence of maybe wrongdoing or I don't know, maybe he's so protective of it because he feels that Laura wouldn't want anybody else to read it and she only blessed him. Yeah. But I feel like maybe he stole it or maybe she gave it to him. I don't know. What and do you he's think? also I mean I think he's he's a loner and like I don't know if he says it somewhere in one of the episodes that, like, but I, I get the sense that, like, his friends are the books in some ways. Mm. Like, his stories are how he kind yeah. of, like, that's how he lives through through these stories and yeah. stuff. So that's a good point. Yeah, I, I feel like that, I think, so I think for him to lose that, that would be very precious to him. That it's something that, he you know, he, he connects with. Yeah. Maybe he connect. he doesn't have Laura with him, so he, he connects with Laura through her diary in some ways. And, and also, maybe the fact that if he were to give it up, he would never see, um donna again yeah and maybe he wants to see her again right. so he's gonna use that's some this. leverage right yeah, yeah yeah like i will use this to get you to come back so i anyway, we can we can uh, do you want to go to that scene now where he's uh he goes outside yeah or? so no why do you think he freaks out is it because he's afraid of the sun or he's a or what like what what made him why don't we why don't we why don't we play like him going outside just for a second and then we'll we can discuss it yeah should i bring it up well, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to figure out how close we are, but yeah. So, I mean, he's talking with, with Donna. Maybe our dreams are real. I feel like she's almost saying anything right now. She takes the book. Oh, yeah, here it she is. She runs. She's going towards doing? the door. Maybe I'll read it out here. I'm alone. Please. We've only just started. Why don't you come with me? What's her to be afraid of? Come on. Please. Give that back to me. His hand is shaking. Harold? And he just collapses Harold? on the ground. Like it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like so. There's a couple of things. I mean, like I don't think what are the po- theories about him. Anybody yeah. have the- theories about why he freaked out when he went outside? Well, I mean, some people actually have it. I don't remember what it's called, but there is a, a, a fear of going outside. There is actually um, people that are out there. I wish I could remember what that's called. Yeah, but uh, he yeah. So he he does his hand trembles or is. His trembling ignites in his fingers. Yeah. And actually, I don't know if we've seen anything like that now, but in the future, there's other characters that happens too. And that makes me wonder, is he connected to some other mystery, like the mysteries of the of this town and stuff like that? I I, I yeah. do wonder, is there a supernatural thing to that? Like, he, I mean, he has... In, in the script, so the, the Unseen Twin Peaks, in the script, he says, um, when he collapses, he says to Donna, I just got too close. Um, 
and yeah, so he, he, he I think. I think I feel like that references is that like he can't handle going outside. So I mean, it really seems like it could yeah. be a condition. And I do question whether I've always. I mean, I don't know if it's ever answered really, but I do wonder if mm. he's. I wonder if he's part of this this other mystery surrounding the town. And I maybe once we get further along, I'd love he's, to kind of revisit it. And he's stuff, a but, shut in. Yeah, but what? Maybe he's just freaking out to freak out, or I mean. Maybe. It could be a ruse. Well, we, we talked it to, could be a ruse. We've talked about this before too. That like, what if he is just putting everybody on, and then he just when if he's yeah. if he's the killer or if he's he's somebody that does bad things, he he has an alibi. Yeah, he doesn't go outside. Yeah, I don't go outside. I, you, you know, I don't go outside. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I freak out. Oh man. Yeah, but that could be a ruse. But yeah, I mean, but was... I don't have any answers. I don't. I can tell you, twenty five years ago, I don't know if I really have answers mm. and stuff. Really, but okay. I didn't know if there's like theories out there about there what... might be, and we hope we'll look it up. Or I mean, I'd like to revisit it like once yeah. we get a little further down the road. Yeah. But so we're back in the courthouse scene. Yeah, and so now we're saying basically it's about Leo. Is Leo uh, capable of of going to trial? Oh, and like yeah. the, the, the argument is that he's you know maybe he's brain dead or he is in a coma and that he he couldn't do that. He's in a coma with his eyes open, and. Making noises. <laughs> they I don't, don't know, know that though. I don't know how much of a coma. And, he's and in. the problem is, is Shelly is basically trying to say, "Oh no, I mean, I want to protect, I want to take care of him," and thinking that she's gonna get money out of this and stuff. So in real life, though, if he was in a coma, they would have had him hooked up in a hospital until he woke up. They wouldn't just let him go home with. This someone. is Twin Peaks. This is <laughs> it's like a soap opera. We don't, we don't overthink these. Things. I know. I'm just saying. I, I mean, it's not like it's sort of like he's in this the, a state of like blackout almost like they say coma but we all know if he was in a coma he would be in the hospital so i kind of feel like he's just like in this like stuck position yeah and he's like not he's awake but he's just not there you know maybe yeah you know? i don't know yeah or he's faking it or he's faking it maybe <laughs> he's faking it we but uh, if they got his brain waves that just shows you maybe right they would know from the brain waves if he was faking it that's fair because brain waves would be going crazy oh yeah by sti- like stim- stimulation, but so unless if he's that good meditating and he's like bringing it all down, right? Oh, too funny. But so yeah, Leo, so yeah, yeah. So that's that's the other trial, but I don't think that goes anywhere either. No. I mean, I think I think this ends the scene. Uh, it's going to get to where uh, the judge basically says. Uh, tell Shelly that she he can come home, that he can mm. go home with her, and that you know we're not going to do trial and stuff. And yeah, reassure. But we should get to the scene where you know, so we're going to get to the bar, and Cooper's going to be there, and Truman's going to be there, and uh, they mention that this is the, this is the time where I tell you where I yeah, think he yeah. says Cooper says I've been here for twelve days, so it kind of re, uh-huh, re- okay. basically says that it's every episode is basically one day, so we're on episode twelve, and it's been twelve days since he's gotten there. Wow. 12 days. That, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess. In 12 days. Oh, I forgot. They changed. did make that. The, the DA did make that argument that uh, during the during, during a conversation with a judge that Leo could be the killer. And this would be horrible for the town if we let him just go home and stuff. Yeah. And and Cooper then says that at the bar with, with, that he does not think that Leo Leo's was the killer. Yeah. the killer and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it just reinforces to the audience that, like, Leo is not. I mean, he was always... Uh, he was always a red herring. He was always, you know, something for us to think may possibly, but... But he's done... I mean, he should still go to jail for beating his wife. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and drugs. And drugs. And I think he shot, he shot Waldo. He shot Waldo. <laughs> he killed a bird. 
So right. And who did he kill? Did he kill anybody else? I think I mean, oh, he attempted to kill Shelley. And, yes. Yes, and we don't know what happened uh, to. And he burned uh, down the sawmill. Right. So I mean, all Catherine the, Martell. We don't know what happened to her. All so. these factors. He should still be going to jail. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but but because he didn't kill Laura, they don't. They're like, yeah, whatever. You're okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's really just because he's in a coma. I'm uh, sure I they know. will do a trial once he if once or he ever wakes, wakes up. up. Yeah. That's gotta suck. You're in a coma and you have to in your coma. Your eyes are open and maybe you're seeing your wife be with another man, and then you wake up and you go to jail. There you go. What a life. It's funny, you know, we're at the bar with Truman and the judge and Cooper. And Cooper doesn't seem like he wants to drink anything. It's kind of, he's like looking around at his beer and it's like, yeah. it's kind of funny that, like, do you not really drink? Oh, why don't we have some audio now? Or, oh, or, yeah. I'm going to declare Leo Johnson to be not competent to stand trial. So that's what we're, we're, we're saying. And when medically possible, that he be shipped home. How are you? I think I said it too. You early. want to tell a little lady yourself? Yeah. Thanks, Clinton. Cooper, how long you been here? Twelve days, sir. Wow. See, there you go. Yeah, so we know at this point, twelve days. Right. That's crazy. So that's why he, he you know, he, we could have had five seasons of, of looking for for Laura Palmer's de- killer, yeah. and it would have only been uh, five months or so. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> seriously. Wow. Oh, yeah. The, it, he also says, I thought that was good, too. Uh, I think the judge also says about about the strange town stuff, which I thought was kind of cool. But What, this being a strange town? Yeah, or something. Yeah, look in the, the woods. Maybe we can bring up audio one more time. But yeah, I it didn't really matter. All right, I think he's talking about look out for the woods and how they were strange and stuff, which I thought yeah, was kind of cool. Yeah, I, I feel like. Do you think the judge is a uh, bookhouse? Ah, you know, I never thought about that, Brian. But I bet you're right because he seems yeah. to kind of take care of his own. He does. Yeah, I bet you're right. Well, he's I gotta never, be. I never thought about that, but it makes perfect sense. He does seem like a Boy Scout kind of a, a honor. Yeah, and, yeah. He's an elder. He, but he didn't do, he didn't do the. Eye uh, he, thing. he didn't do the right the temple with the finger to yeah. the temple down. You're right. That would have been awesome. They, if, I wish they had thought about. it. I want to go back in time and so, say, <laughs> please write in that because that's all he had to do, right? He yeah. didn't even have to say, "I'm a bookhouse boy." He just Harry could have walked away and he could have done the yes. whole thing. Yeah. And what if he didn't and none of us noticed? Uh, I mean, maybe now I'm gonna watch him closely. All right. I think I would have heard about this, but it makes perfect sense. That's that, true. But I, I yeah. feel like he is. So, um. I know that there's another subplot. Hey, one time. Oh. Lie on the woods. Lie on the woods. The woods are wondrous here. But strange. <laughs> well, that makes me feel like he could be a book a bookhouse right, boy. Right, and it was the bookhouse boys who first said that there's the, some darkness in the woods, woods and stuff. That was Harry who said, you know, yeah. there's, we have we have a really good community and there's a lot of great things about us, but there's also this darkness. Yeah, so I... That could be an uh, indication. And I, we don't really need to go much into the subplot of um, Nadine, Nadine as a teenager. The teen- we all talk. We talked about last episode. And I think this episode and next episode don't really get, give us much more than the fact yeah. that she thinks she's younger. She's a teenager that might have been different from what she grew up as. And, you know, she... She thinks her parents are gonna come home, and she wants to fool around with Ned, and he's just kind of <laughs> like, Ed, 
Ed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Ed. Why don't we call him Ned? Well, she's Nadine, so maybe you combine Nadine, Nadine and Ed Ned, to mean Ned. To Ned. <laughs> but, like, yeah, like, yeah, it's just... It's just awkward, and she has that super strength, which nobody can explain. You're right. Yeah. So I don't really think there's much to talk about. Yeah, and she yeah. in this scene real quick, she, she does rip off the 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 freezer door from yes, the fridger. Yeah. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Nobody, even if she had. Right. So there was there was an unseen Twin Peaks in the script where where James goes to the Double R Diner and he sees Norma and Norma asks how Nadine is doing because he you know she oh, was, she yeah. did try to kill herself and James mentions how she tore out the freezer door off the refrigerator but I mean I think it's kind of a fun scene because I've never seen I don't remember ever seeing James and Norma really talk to each other I mean he's been to the Double R Diner before but I don't remember exchange so that was kind of interesting yeah. something that didn't happen it wasn't needed but I think it could have been comical. I think it would be funny to have somebody actually say it than actually even see Nadine doing it in some ways. Do you but. think that's almost like if they didn't show the scene, they would have that scene instead? Yeah, maybe Instead that, of filming yeah, her do it, you know? Totally. That could, yeah. You could have done that, but they chose it this way and stuff. Yeah. And there was another cut uh, cut scene, or at least in the script, that where they're at the, the Double R Diner, and uh, Norma sees uh, Mr. Tajemara. He's... The, the person who seems to definitely be in disguise yes. that somebody else's. So the, uh, Mr. Tarjamar, I'm gonna I wanna call him Mr. T. Mr. Mr. T. T. All Mr. right, T. all right. We can do Mr. Mr. T. T walks into the double R diner and she thinks it's the food critic. But it, to me that was a follow-up to when Judy from the Great Northern calls Norman and says, Hey, um, did you hear about the yes. food critic and yeah, stuff? Yeah, so yeah. it's a way of bringing him back into it. And it, there's another interesting scene. Where Mr. T, Mr. Tarjamara, is sitting down and, and Norma tells Hank, oh, I think that's the food critic. And he sees Mr. Tarjamara and thinks it's the guy that beat him up the episode before, yes. which is actually Jonathan. And I, I think I may have said Jonathan was uh, was Josie's brother, but I believe she says it's his cousin. Or to other people, she says it's his, her assistant. But anyways, he thinks he thinks Mr. Tarjamara is the guy that beat him yes. up. So he goes and he basically throws throws his face into mashed potatoes and stuff like that. This is cut out? Yeah, this is cut out. This is not... Yeah, 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 yeah. we yeah. never saw this. And then I think Norma's really furious with him. But it's interesting. I, I like... I don't know if I like the mashed potato, but I like kind of linking this character back to him getting beat up the night because it wasn't nighttime you know yeah yeah he would have known yeah he was gonna go to bed in the um the oven or something but like he was gonna take a nap in the the the, like sleep in the cooler i don't know what he's gonna do but also because we know it's a disguise if you threw that person's face to mashed potatoes that would be like the disguise might come off yeah and you'd be like you're really, you know, this right. person. He did realize that he realized it was not the guy that he thought it was yeah. in, in the script. But and but, yeah, I have my theories about who that that person is. Oh, yeah. But I'll get to that later. And I think that scene would have been pretty funny. That would have been really cool to see that. And um, I, I'm more, I, yeah, I'm more. It was interesting to me to follow kind of where because yeah. I felt that like why did Judy even need to call? From the Great Northern, why did she need to tell Norma that? And I feel like they were trying to link all these things. Mm-hmm. But again, it's just a B story. It's not like I mean, I think everybody wants to know who killed Laura Palmer. Nobody it's cares about. That, I, we don't care yeah. about Nadine. We don't care about the food critic. Yeah. <laughs> let's get, <laughs> let's just find out. You know, who, the mystery of the woods and uh, who killed Laura Palmer. Palmer. And also, oh man, what was I gonna say? The the person in disguise. You want to? I want to find out who that is because I. I, I have my idea who it could be, but the guy. I think you already said you thought it was a woman, didn't you? Yeah, I do. I just think it's a woman. But the guy who beat up 
uh, Hank. Yes. In the in the double R, that guy is actually yeah he is definitely not related to Josie. We find out because they sleep together. Have um, we gotten there yet? Are you are you jumping I'm a little ahead? I'm a little ahead. I, I feel like every episode is like I know. this is the point where <laughs> Brian has spoiled, and that is a big spoil. But this is the part of the episode where Brian tells us something yeah. we don't. know I'm sorry. Yet. I'm sorry. We'll talk about that later. I but I, I'm I'm curious to talk. I do want to talk to you yeah. about it though. Yeah. Yeah, he's a devious guy. Now that's the guy who's been sneaking around, right? Kind of listening in. And I think he did say in the last episode, he basically said it's time to go. Like he wanted Josie to yeah, leave, yeah. and she says she she was not doesn't want to leave until she gets her money from Ben for the whole uh, arson fire. Yeah. And, stuff like that. and now the the person in disguise wants the same money from Ben. Well, he's giving. I think he's giving money for the land. I mean, I know this is. All, I don't know why this is always such a complicated storyline. Yeah, but he, 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 the whole reason for burning down the mill originally, I think, is so you could get the land and you could. I don't know if you can sell do, the do, money. I mean, sell, sell the <laughs> land to get the money, but he has to give money to Josie. Finally, Josie wants money and right. he has to give her and money. I, but at the same time, this person, Mister T, yep. wants to buy the land. No, right? Yes, yes, right. So, so the whole the whole yeah. purpose for the the whole person purpose for Ben Horn was he maybe he wanted a golf golf yes. country course or something like yeah, that, yeah. or he wanted he just wanted the land to be able to sell it and make lots of profit off of it. So, but yeah. he he I don't think he owned the land; it was owned by the Martells. So yep. it was always kind of like, could he find a way to get the land and stuff? And yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't know how why he owns it now or, or how. Yeah, it's it very is, convoluted. It's, more con- it's more, very convoluted. I yeah. don't know. What, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll continue on because even I'm confused. <laughs> So, um, I wrote, you know, writer sees Ben Horn, which we just discussed. Um, hopefully I'm not jumping too ahead, but I put Ben talks to kidnapper and Cooper is ready to, uh, to, oh, to get, um, um, Aubrey back, Audrey back. Right. Yeah. Because Ben talks to the kidnapper. They want Cooper. Um, Oh, and then Ben sees Hank after the discussion that Ben and Cooper have. Like, hey, I want you to go get my daughter back. I'm going to give you the money. Right. Then this is the point. Ben talks to Hank. Hank's like hiding off in one of the secret compartments that this place has. And he says, make sure that Cooper doesn't come back, but the money does. Right. And this is when you realize that uh, Ben Horn is he's a sleazebag. He, I mean, oh, he's yeah. playing so many people right now. I mean, he's been a sleeve bag from day one. I mean, he's, he owns the one-eyed Jack. Uh, yeah, casino. yeah, but in that, like his, his mystery is being is he's being more exposed. I, I think we're unraveling him even more. I mean, you have he's playing Cooper, he's playing Hank, he's playing Josie. Right. He, he, he Everybody's sh- playing everybody, but yeah, Ben. Really but, but, uh, ben, yeah, Ben definitely has his. Uh, he's definitely trying to do everything he can to get what he wants. Yes. So Cooper, yeah, so he's he's willing to get Hank to kill him. Is it's what's happening? And he doesn't want him to come back. Yep. Um, and then, why did I write the see? I could tell I was. Maddie gets coffee. James follows her. What does that even mean? Why did I write that down? <laughs> even I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I think they do. Go, I think she goes to get coffee, and then I think if I'm right, there's a James, reason. James. Well, yeah, she. They're gonna do a steak. She's yes. gonna do a, a steak a out. Steak out. And because I, I, Donna and Maddie have a plan to steal the diary from Harold Smith. And I like her little map. 
schematics of his apartment. Yes. It says bookcase. I had to... <laughs> it doesn't say anything. I just bookcase. That's that's a, that's, that's the goal. The, that's the goal. There's a book Look in the, in book the bookcase. That we have to get, yeah, yeah that, um, that's like her whole map. <laughs> it's not that big of a place either. Right. So if she walked in. I think she would see the bookcase. I think she would. It's like, yeah. hmm, we don't know where the book is. In the bookcase. <laughs> so Jean has got some kind of device that he can stab people with. Oh, like he's my gadget. favorite. Oh, I man. love him. Um, he's... We're in One-Eyed Jacks, and he is uh, stabbing uh, strawberries. and with, Yeah, with him. his like Assassin's Creed right. thing where he just It's like he'll, he'll, he'll say hello and stab you and stuff. Yeah. Like he's an awesome villain. It's... I mean, I don't know if he comes back later on, but he's such a great actor, and I, I think his character is really cool. Yeah, he's cool. I, I, he's, he feels like a real villain. Like, yeah, you mean, like, you like know, a James the, Bond villain. Yeah. You know? He's got, like, gadgets. <laughs> why, why did, you're in Twin Peaks. Why didn't you have gadgets? But he does, and yeah. it's kind of Well, he's cool. actually in Canada, right? So maybe the Canadas are the, where yeah. the gadgets are. But Yeah, that's true. They, you know, you always thought Canadians were nicer. Um so I don't know what we want to do. if we want to talk anything about uh, Andy is is actually he's he's answering phones because uh, Lucy is is gone to see her sister. Yes, which she needs to have a break of her her own drama that she's creating. Um, and he got this is where he gets his test results, I believe, or he's gonna yeah, and he's to, fine, isn't he? Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, okay. yeah, a mystery solved. We see. How is it that we got the Andy sperm mystery solved before the Laurel Palmer killer? <laughs> oh, I don't know. You know, people were probably like, you know, they saw this episode. Well, we figured out that Andy sperm was okay, but we don't know who killed Laura Palmer. Um, oh, oh, and you do another comical thing where Andy's got post-it notes on him. Yes. Like, he doesn't know how to use things anymore. He you imagine how he doesn't know how to use tape. Yeah. And now he doesn't know how to use post-it notes. He doesn't want to lose him, so he puts them on himself. Yeah, like, it's so funny that, like, everyday things he just doesn't know how to do. Uh, what's it say? Ollie go sperm? I can't even read his writing. Maybe we can have some audio because it's just so silly. There are not just three men on a fishing trip. They're a whole damn town. <laughs> Yeah, I know what that means. It means they're not really real people. They're a... Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm a whole damn town! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I'm a whole damn town. And he's so happy, and he's got post notes on him. Oh, he's too funny. He's going to go home and... Now, we were talking about Donna and and, uh, Maddie's uh, schematics, or their floor plans. And now we've got a more thorough floor plan of Cooper and Truman in their office. They're looking at One-Eyed Jacks. So they're kind of paralleling their um, their plot lines. The kids, the teenagers, what they're doing and what the grown-ups are doing. Yes, what they're doing, yep. Exactly. And then uh, Hawk comes in, and they have to hide their plans so he doesn't know what. Because they're doing, they're 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 acting as the Bookhouse Boys because Cooper is going into Canada, which would be out of jurisdiction. Yes. Now Hawk is a bookside brother. Yeah, he's a Bookhouse Boy. Boy, yeah. Bookhouse right. Boy. And, and I think he's the best of the Bookhouse. So why would they hide this from him? I don't know because yeah. they're, they're doing outside the law, and yeah. And they feel like Hawk would turn him in. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't I, think so. I, you I, know, I know, like. 
It seems silly they would hide it from Hawk. Right. You He's think a good they guy. Would, yeah, they would want But him. he kind of lingers outside the door, and he, I think he knows something's up here. Yeah. They're not very good at hiding No, secrets. they're not. <laughs> <laughs> These two are, like, so, like, you know, clumsy about hiding what they're doing. Yeah. For all we know, they could have just left the map there when they left the room, and right. Hawk could have came in and said, "Oh, I know what they're doing." So because because of because yeah, at first they didn't know where Audrey was, but it was because of her note that was under yeah. his bed that they're able to now know she's yes. at One Eye Jacks, Jacks, and we can go. And so he's I mean Cooper's not going to actually deliver the money. I don't, I don't know if he does, but he he, he brings gonna, the money. Oh, he does bring it. Yeah, yeah. But they've he, got their plan. They got their plan. Unknown to Ben Horn, who thinks well, Cooper's just going to show up with the money. Hank will take care of Cooper. I'll get my money and my daughter back, and no worries. So right. you have that plot, and then Cooper's like, "Nope, we're gonna we're gonna get the money. And we're gonna get her, and we're all coming back." Yeah, that's what he says. Sounds good. So you know, Andy is. Uh, I think Andy wants to call Lucy to basically let her know that he's a whole damn town. I'm a whole damn town. <laughs> but he, he actually calls the wrong number. I mean, there's a number that says is where where his sister Gwen is. But he actually calls an abortion clinic and stuff like uh, that. So. And, oh, and then that's when he thinks that she, that's where she's what she's really doing. Right. Oh, so yeah, and th- there's your um, streetlight. Your love. Uh, traffic. Your, so there we go. So so uh, Maddie is at the Double R Diner now and picking up some coffee, and James yes. just hanging. It's like, what are you up to? And that and again, you okay, know, that's why I wrote that. Yeah. Wait, again, we're par- we're doing another parallel where where the kids are going to do a steak a stakeout, and we got the grownups doing the stakeout. Yep. And we we definitely have somebody else who's we have Hawk who's suspicious, saying something is going on. And I think James is the same way. He's yes. like kind of like, what is going on? Yeah, you're stuff. right. So, you're right. And it's weird, like, she comes just to get a coffee, and he's like, don't you have it at home? And she's like, well, I'm on the go. <laughs> it is kind of odd just to come in to have coffee. But, the, but at the same time, how many t- I have coffee at home all the time, and I still go to Dunkin' Donuts. Me too, me <laughs> too. So, I mean, uh, I don't know. People are like, Ben, but you have coffee at home. I'm suspicious of you. <laughs> I forgot my travel mug. mug? <laughs> Yeah, and she just leaves, and he's just like, well. So I bet you this is where the scene would have been where he would have talked to Norma and said, hey, here's an update on Nadine yeah, and stuff. Because yeah. he's just hanging out with the, by himself at the double R. But. So I wrote Donatello's odd story of her and Laura to uh, Harold. So oh, yeah, I yeah, think, is, that, is that a skinny dipping? Did they go skinny dipping? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that, right. Um, they tell it. Donna tells this the story to Laura to Harold, and it's mostly to distract him, and he's like engaged. And, yeah, you know, engaged it's a, it's a strange thing because I do think she likes him. I do think that she she, I mean, Maybe. you gotta remember that she's a teenager and he's a grown up, and I think she enjoys his mystery and that he drinks mm. wine and he seems like he's better than the 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 teenage boys and stuff like that. But at the same time, she's also wants the truth about what happened to her best friend. So yeah. it's a, it's a strange thing where. I think she, I think yeah. The truth is more important than how she feels about Harold. Yeah. So now it's a uh, yeah. Uh, Truman and Cooper are are in uh, all wearing all black and they're gonna get into uh, they're going into one eyed jacks there or breaking in. I it's funny. Oh, well, there's an owl. There's Who, the owl. Yep. They're wa- the owl's watching. Yeah. I mean, I hope to God the owl something becomes part. The owls or something. What is Truman doing here? Is he like grabbing his balls or something? <laughs> this guy, the guard. So he there punches the guy in the stomach. He shoves a blue ball in his mouth and tape him. And then 
because he doesn't want him to scream, but then slams his head against the door, which oh, I'm yeah. sure is very loud. Right. Too funny. So, yeah, they're breaking into one eye, one eye jacks there. Or what you say you like to call black eye Black eye jacks. jacks. I always caught the wrong thing. That's all right. But, uh, yeah, so they're – And, oh, wait, wait, before we get into it, though, doesn't he say, I'm going to send my best man, and then he shows up? And he goes, would you expect? Yeah, yeah. yeah that was yeah, a few yeah. episodes ago, right? Okay, that, yeah, that, that yeah. He's at the bar. and he's Oh, like, yeah, at the yeah. bar. And you said you knew all along it was going to be. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. I knew. I would have said it oh, Hawk. <laughs> I know, but Hawk's not a main character. I figured he would right. be it. So they walk. This is a cool. Actually, this is really cool for Twin Peaks. I it mean, is. I like they the don't danger have a lot of action. action. They don't yeah. Have, yeah. And we got the red curtains, like the red room again. Yep. But So they've got their map. They're using the map to figure out which room they should go to. And, and the, I didn't realize it was so big. You know, you don't see a lot of the rooms throughout the show. And like, oh, I guess there is several rooms for yeah, because social hours. <laughs> wow. There's more than social hour going on right then. It's for their this clients. It's a PG-13, right? Isn't this a PG? yeah. Oh, yeah. It's for their clients. And yeah. they have multiple rooms. Oh, man. Too see, funny. ooh, ah, and giggling? Yes. That's not have, social we have, hour. We have closed <laughs> captioning on here with this. So they find Audrey, and they rescue her. And yes. she's out of it. Because uh, is there anything else that you want to talk about this scene? I don't know. If um, it... Well, I think they cut back to Maddie helps Donna. Oh, wait a minute. Is this the scene? No, I don't know. You're Because like I said, this is the one episode. Well, I'll say that Don... well, if we go back to Donald Harold, they do kiss. Like he's showing off a, a, a flower, which I always think a flower can be uh some innuendos yes, there and stuff yeah, like that. It definitely so, was. I think he he liked her enough, and they kiss, and I think he's like. And Maddie breaks in now. Yes, Maddie breaks in. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought she broke in, but uh, oh no, Donna first has to give the the sign. She has her flashlight that she gives the sign. Yeah, but... I know. It seems a little too much. You think Maddie would have just been watching? You think she could even stand next to the door? Or yeah, something, look just, through the window or something. Yeah. But, uh... Like, doesn't Harold going, why are you holding a flashlight to my window? Like, what's Harold doing at that moment? I forgot what he's getting. He's probably getting some, uh, some wine. Oh, Cooper says, nice to meet you. Now, this is the – yeah. Well, he, so he's got Nancy. That's uh, Blackie's sister there, and he's yep. trying to get information. And he puts her arm, and he's. I think he's using her to say, hey, where's Audrey? Right. Oh, and Audrey looks a little beat up and tied up. And I think I said to you before, I think – I think um, Sherilyn Fenn was sick for during some of these episodes, so I don't know if that's why she wasn't in it as much. Oh, okay. I, I would love to – one of these days I have to find out, uh, like, uh, it's a source for that. But I mm. thought she was actually – because it is – I feel like she's not in it that much for at least the beginning here of the, uh, of the yeah. second season. And yeah. I think she, she wasn't feeling well for a while there. But I could be wrong. So then uh, Nancy pulls out a knife. And this is – I have mixed feelings about how the way Cooper handles this. Yes, but, is Cooper pun- – pun- Punches a woman about to stab him. Right. He, so he punches her because she's, he's going to get stabbed. I know, but so it's So you feel like, like you don't... Okay, like he, he grabs... Yeah, he grabs her, punches her in the gut, brings her down. I do always love that all shows, like, it's like a one punch. He punches her in the a stomach gut. and she goes down. Yeah, and like that. yeah. <laughs> but, but did you notice when he flung her to the wall, it was like Superman. She was, like, not even standing up. Oh, she yeah. She was against the wall higher than him. Man. He had superhuman strength. Super strength yeah, yeah. yeah. And I know you. I don't. I know you don't feel this way. But as a 15 year old, when I was watching this, I was like, "Oh, it's Dale Cooper rescuing Audrey, yeah, and, and it's yeah, like a love yeah. affair." Yeah, think, yep. Even though she's a, you know high school and he's a 30 year old, but at the time I it was feel kind of, like it's like this 
father daughter type. I feel like she looks at him like a father. I don't know why. I can't. Oh yeah. I, Most of us fans don't feel that way. A lot of us feel like like they should be together. Isn't and that, that weird? Yeah. I, I see a lot of things online where it's like the best couple, but I'm like. No, it would be weird. It would not be good at all. So now, so the show is coming back, season three. They would, would it be appropriate if if these characters are still, if Dale Cooper or Audrey are still alive, would it be appropriate now for them to be together? Yeah, because they're both over the age of 30. <laughs> okay. <laughs> would you be for that or would you think it's still father No, no, I, I think, okay, say fast forward to now, 25 years later. So, okay, 25 years later. Dale's in his early twenties in the show, I think. I think I think he's supposed to be in his thirties. See, I read something where he said to David Lynch, "Don't you feel that my character would be older? Why are you asking right. me? Because I'm young. Yeah, I look young." And I he, I know. I think I think he said I it's think, not about the age. Think, okay, I think Kyle MacLachlan is probably younger. He might have been twenty five. Yeah, or like, like that. Because he but even I think Dale Cooper was, was supposed wrong. to be in his thirties, right? Yeah, I, right. Okay, so. His character is supposed to be in his thirties. I think so. Because when or we they get, keep when it we, ambiguous, when like we you get, don't know. Yeah, when we get to the Dale Cooper diary, whatever we call it, I'm trying to remember the autobiography of Dale Cooper. Uh-huh. They will go into some history, and it feel it definitely feel like he's in his mid thirties. Okay. And, and, but again, uh, does that have to be canon? I don't know if it has to be canon, but that one seems so, like he's been he's been in the FBI for over ten years. Okay, so. so maybe okay, we'll we'll say 34 ish. Yeah. And then Audrey is what? 18. She's she is eight. legally. She's legal. She's legal. She's 18. Yeah. So 25 years later, that would make her 38. Yeah, I didn't do the math. So, I'll, so I'll, she's yeah. 18. 25 years late. Yeah. Uh, 38. And then at five, she'd be like 43. And Dale would be like, say, 33, 43, 53. Add five years, you'd be around like 50-something, 50 56, 57. Probably, yeah. Omit. So 57, 40, that's totally fine. All right. Yeah, that's cool. Cool. But I, at this point, I just don't get that vibe. I see it differently. But oh, yeah. I, I totally get it. Right. I get what So, that, I mean, I feel like, out. you know, like we talk about shippers. I mean, like, like you know, Mulder and Scully. I mean, yeah. to me, this was like the, the shippers of Twin Peaks. It was yeah. Audrey and, 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 and Cooper there. But Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, it was like, oh, he rescued her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be alone. But we're still in one eye, Jack. And yep. Jean, uh, I think, uh, kills Blackie. Like, he uses yes. the... It's pretty cool, too. And it looks like almost like a vampire because I believe he, he, he kills her and then he's got blood on his uh, his mouth. Um, I think that's almost probably because, yeah, there's blood coming out of her mouth. Because I think he stabs her in the yeah. gut. Yeah. Right. But it's creepy. And that's what I like about this. It's so creepy. And And he's so ruthless. And he sees Truman spying on him and he gets out a gun and tries to attack. And then he, you know. But there's, yeah, Cooper. Cooper's waiting for Truman's signal to say it's okay to go. Yeah. And, I mean, I was like, how are they going to get out of this? Because this guy will kill them. Yep. They. All right, you want to bring up audio for a second? Sure. So it looks like a guy, the guy's got him at gunpoint. A henchman. A henchman, yes. Oh. Turn around. Which he looks familiar. He does got a, a face, a very familiar face, yeah. So it looks like the end for Cooper and Truman. <clears throat> <laughs> and then a knife. I think, is it a knife? It's a go- knife, yeah. yeah. G- gets him from in the back. Hawk. 
Good thing you guys can't keep a secret. <laughs> Hawk to the rescue. Hawk to the rescue, yep. Um, it's so so hard to hold that back. I knew we all knew that was coming. We all knew it was coming, yeah, but it's yeah. a cool it's a good it's a cool scene and stuff. Yeah, so what happened to Jacques? Jean there, right? Jean. Oh, Jean Renault, right? Renault. So yeah, we don't know. He just disappears there. Yeah, well, he he does not want to get caught, and you can tell this right. guy. Actually, he actually kicks Hank at gunpoint, and uh, yes, <laughs> remember he remember uh, Hank steals stuff, and he stole the DA's wallet. Yeah, and, and he so he sees had, it, yeah. and he thinks he's the DA. Right, that's funny. And that would make me think that he would want to kill him. Yeah, maybe, right? Get I, rid of them. Yeah. Like, oh, you, I, and that would have just killed that whole plot, and you would have right. been fine with it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so now we're back at Harold Smith's house. and oh, things are about to get interesting. Yeah. Maddie is going through the bookshelf trying to find it. But, you know, it has a secret compartment, so she has to – I mean, it's it's hidden inside the bookshelf. Yes. And I think Don is trying to distract him, and I think he's realizing something's up here. And – uh and clumsy Maddie. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, she didn't read schematics correctly. <laughs> so she and didn't know. I don't the... think the schematics said there was a secret compartment. No, it just said bookshelf. <laughs> yes. And then Harold realizes that Maddie's there and he is not happy. Uh, we can bring audio up again, I yeah. guess. But, uh, and he takes out a, a garden tool. A little hoe. Ho, ho. I love that there's two doors and they run out uh, two sides of the door. Yeah, for a small apartment, yeah. there's a lot going on. Yeah. Are you looking for secrets? I am. Is Answers. that what all this is about? Well, maybe I can help you. Do you know what the ultimate secret is? You want to know? <laughs> Laura did. He's got it by. He's got him with the garden uh, tool there. Yeah. Okay, this is. The secret of knowing who killed you. And he's now scraping his face with a garden tool. And this is when he screams. I'm thinking he. Re- um, it reminded me of uh, Bob. Why do I? I yeah, never- you know, you're not the only one that thought that. I mean, the wrapped in plastic people. I think when they interviewed uh, the actor who played Harold Smith, he uh, does the actor same Lenny Bob Von Do- Dolan. I probably yeah. butchered his last name, but he, he they mentioned how it ve- seems very similar to Bob and stuff. Yeah. So that's that's a cool observation. Yeah, I was yeah. like, that's weird. Yeah, so Lenny, the actor who played them, I don't think it was in the script that he he was going to do anything to his face uh, with the garden uh, tool. And there was actually uh, a strong um, argument between Lenny and the director and saying what we were, they were going to do. Because I think at one point they were talking about attacking the, attacking Donna and Maddie with the garden tool. Mm. And he, he was very much against that. He said, you know, I feel like this guy is a very peaceful and, and he would never harm anybody. And, said, and so the compromise was, well, what if you, what if you did it to yourself? And he said, you know, I can live with that. I can go, go yeah, with that. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I can feel like... He rather he probably will hurt himself because he feels bad about right. something. Or, and there are people. There are many people. I know people who, yeah. when they're upset, <laughs> they hit themselves. Yeah, and yeah, stuff. yeah, so, yeah. So that makes total sense. Like he's upset and he's gonna take it out on himself. I think right. he's more disappointed with himself. For trusting them, for yeah, he, yeah, he, he opened. I mean, here's somebody who lives by himself. He won't go outside. He, 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 he doesn't really. I don't think he trusts people. And he let he let Donna in, mm. and she kind of like screwed him over. St- yeah, yeah, screwed her over. Yeah, screwed him over. And now <laughs> he he's... took my book. Yeah. 
I can't go outside. You know, they could easily run away, and he could not follow them. Right. (laughs) That's true. If we could just make it to the door. Yeah, I know. Like, it's almost that Looney Tune feel, like, when you're running in front of a boulder, but you could go left or right and escape the boulder, but you decide to run forward. You know, the boulder's coming, and you, like, he's the boulder. They could easily run outside, and they're safe and sound. Right. They could be like, ha ha, you can't get us. Right. And he, but that's the cliffhanger for this episode. I, I mean, know. that's how this ends. Yeah. We got we like, what's going to happen to Donna and Maddie? And, yeah, but like, for some reason, I feel like, does he do this? He must do the scream in the beginning of the episode, the next episode. But for some reason, I really thought he screamed at the end of that one. But yeah, it reminded me a lot of Bob. And I was like, is he some sort of like, like, is he like a parallel to Bob? You know, like what's going right. on there? You know, that's, that's cool. what I thought. I mean, so, yeah. but you're not the only one that thought that. So yeah. I think that's really cool. Yeah. I didn't, I never connected it, but that's, yeah. that's awesome and stuff. So yeah, that's this episode. That's episode 12. See, I'm excited to do the next one because I, yeah, I'm just excited because okay. it's fresh on my mind. Ah, it's fresh on my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All so. right, cool. So we are going to, I mean, uh, why don't we, why don't we say where, how people can, uh, contact us and then we're going to, uh, we're going to play a message for, from the, uh, sheriff, uh, oh. message, you know, that stair, sh- sheriff station. Yes. Um, please comments, questions, anything. And now that we're getting close to find out who Laura Palmer is, um, hopefully when someone has a question that revolves around it, we can answer it because then I'll know. So we can unwrap that. It is Twin Peaks Unwrapped at gmail.com. And follow us on Twitter at Twin Peaks Unwrapped on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) And then like us on Facebook. Just Google, look us up on Facebook. Um, And we've been really kicking butt on the old Twitter. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I I, I yeah. love the community. The I love really I love cool. like when people uh, message us or when they retweet or yeah. they have something to it's say, awesome. and it's really cool. I mean, I, I I'm always learning new things about Twin Peaks from them. I you know yeah. it's really cool. To, so yeah, keep it up, guys. Yeah, You're awesome. Thank you. And yeah. I've been posting a lot on boards on Facebook, getting yep. our show out there and getting good response. People are sharing it and stuff, and a lot of views. So that's cool. And also. Rate us, and um, if you want to leave a comment on iTunes, hopefully, my goal is one day, maybe by the time the new season starts, we'll have one twin or more. It doesn't have to be us. It'd be any Twin Peaks podcast. Let's get a Twin Peaks podcast in the top 50 on iTunes. That'd be cool. That's a cool goal. I think it'd be cool. If we can have five versions of Lost podcasts (laughs) on there, I think we can have one Twin Peaks on there. Makes sense to me. You know? So let's do that. I think that'd be really cool. That's my goal. Maybe we'll hit it. I believe in the community at large that it could happen. So we're gonna leave you with the um, with the, the the phone call, and then afterwards, I'm gonna I'm gonna whisper really low into who I think the killer is, and Ben's not gonna listen. That's right. At the very end. So the it, very we'll, end. we'll get the messages. I will take my headphones <laughs> off. I'll turn. <laughs> I, yeah, the idea. The, the reasoning is, is that like I don't want to. Yeah. So if I have a bad poker face, I don't want to say I yes. Know. It is, and I want. Because I, so here's something special that we're gonna do. Well, we're gonna do it in uh, two weeks when we get to the episode. Yeah. 
that uh, reveals who killed Laura Palmer. You and I, for the first time, are going to sit down and watch the episode together. together. Yeah. And then after that, uh, we'll, we'll write into the show. Uh, we'll start recording once the show is over, and we yeah. can discuss it. And I think it'll be it'll be different because I don't I don't even think you need to take notes. Just take it all in. Yeah, I'm just we're just gonna watch it, all, it. You're just gonna watch it. So it might be a little different feel for the show because yeah. it'll be it'll be fresh for you and it'll be different. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Me too. And I, I it's gonna be interesting because it's gonna be a very different show, like you say. And I think. Yeah, we we might even have some recordings of me finding out. We might have a lot of interesting stuff in there. So I think it's gonna be really cool. So Ben, we're gonna leave it with the 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 message that uh, yeah, Lucy so gets. the sheriff's station hotline message. And this is the uh, so what they were doing was is uh, the the day after the the show airs on Saturday, the very next day, five a.m. You can. Call a phone number. 5 a.m. Right on the 5 a.m. You can call the message and find out. Really, you were getting a recap of the show. Yeah. And you were paying $2 a minute for the first minute and then a dollar for additional minutes. And it never was more than three minutes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that's what this is. And uh, let's listen to it. All right. Here and we then go. I'm, and then uh, right at the very end, <laughs> Brian's going to whisper something to you. All right. Yeah, uh, I am. It was... Twin Peaks Sheriff. Uh, actually, I'm over here in Tacoma at my sister's helping her out because she just had a baby. So I came out here to help and to clear my own head, which, as you know, is a little clogged up at the moment. I also got the name of a clinic up here that can help you with decisions about babies and life and what a huge mess I'm in. So I'm here, which means that I won't be at the station, which means the phones are in the hands of a complete amateur. Hello. Hello? Miss Zipman? Andy? Lucy? What are you doing on this line? I was talking to Miss Sittman about her. Where are you? None of your business. I've been looking all over. Yes, sir, what's happening in town? The caller would like to know. Oh, hi. This is Deputy Andy. They know who you are. Um, Mr. Palmer got bail. I did a drawing of his head, and it might go in the newspaper. Leo isn't going to stand trial until he stopped being a vegetable. So I guess he's going to go home so Shelly can take care of him. Poor Shelly. I don't even think she likes vegetables. Lucy? Yes? I want you to know. This is all very interesting, but I don't think it's why you called. Let's get to business. Donna Hayward and Harold Smith have gotten quite friendly. So friendly that uh, with the help of Maddie, Donna tried to steal Laura's diary. It didn't work. He caught them. And now they're both in big trouble. Ben Horn tried to play it fast and loose, setting Cooper up to get killed when he tried to rescue Audrey. Cooper had other plans, and with a little help from the bookhouse boys, Truman and Hawk, dear Audrey is back and safe with only a few casualties sustained by the rabble at One-Eyed Jacks. Although thanks to Jean Renault, good old Blackie has bought the farm instead of the casino. How we will miss her. So you see, everything is going to be all right, Lucy. Andy, are you there? I'm here. I can hear you. Is that you, Mrs. Zipman? It's me. Andy, if you're there and not saying anything like you always used to in high school when you hyperventilated and had to breathe in the bag in French class. Lucy, I'm trying to tell you that... I'm lucky in love. My life story. I'll be back next Sunday with more news. If my life hasn't completely fallen apart more than it already has. This is Lucy. Bye-bye.
Okay. I think. <laughs>